This is the City Place Church Podcast. Here at City Place, we build dreams, ignite faith, and establish leaders that win the lost for God's kingdom. From wherever you're listening, we hope that you are empowered by the message. Come on, City Place Church. There's nothing like the presence of the Lord. Uh, hey, if you haven't done so, again, uh, Download today's message notes, cityplacechurch.com. For those of you who may have just hopped on, my name is Damon. I am, along with my wife, we are the senior pastors of City Place Church, and we, we welcome you today. Uh, I'm sitting down today. Normally, I get moving, and I might stand up a little bit, but I, I have some things that I really want to download, uh, what I believe from, from the Father's heart. And so I'm taking the time to just pause, and I want you as well to uh, make sure that you have something to write with. Grab your Bible. Get ready to lean in, level 10, remove the distractions, engage in today's message and take notes. Go ahead real fast, share today's message no matter what platform you're watching on. And if you're listening on our podcast today uh, or later, shout out to you. Thank you for your faithfulness uh, in God, just grabbing hold of uh, what God's saying here uh, at City Place Church. Um, and so get ready to lean in. If you have your Bibles, turn me to Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19. Last week, we started a, a series called Don't Drink the Poison. And uh, we're going to continue in this thought, Acts chapter 19. I'm going to read one verse, but I'm going to tell you the story. And I can already feel myself getting ready to stand up just so you know, city place. But Acts chapter 19, verse 32, it says this. Inside, the people were all shouting. Some one thing, some another. Everything was in confusion. In fact, most of them didn't even know why they were there. Here's where I stand up. Last week, City Place, we were telling the story of Paul when he went to minister to Ephesus. And the Bible says that he spent two years there ministering. And because of the impact that Jesus was having on every person, the Bible says that everyone in the province uh, received Jesus and held Jesus in high honor. After two years, Paul decides that he wants to go someplace else, but he's still in the city. And the Bible says that Demetrius rises up and he begins to question who Jesus was. And he begins to bring people in who were skillsmen just like him. And he, he started going, well, why, why, why is it that everybody wants to serve this Jesus when we used to serve this goddess? And the Bible says that as they begin to listen to him, that they start to question what they had a, you know, committed to as it relates to their relationship with Jesus. And, but they were hearing this and uh, they were beginning to be confused. And when we get to verse 32, the Bible says that people had come to this amphitheater. And when they get to the amphitheater, the community is starting to yell one thing after another. And it says that it caused confusion. And in that circle, there were people who didn't even know why they were there. They were just following this, 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 this culture. They were following the distraction. They were following what they thought was right in their heart, but they found themselves in a bit of confusion. And last week we said that we don't want to drink the poison because if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves having started a relationship with Jesus but then allowing culture or the thing around us or the person uh, who has a strong opinion to begin to shape our relationship with Jesus, our focus on Jesus, our heart for Jesus and our conviction with his spirit. 
And there was just a couple of things that we said last week as we just continued to lean in on this thesis thought that longevity doesn't equal spiritual and natural maturity. Like we can see in Acts chapter 19, and I want to encourage you to watch part one of Don't Drink the Poison. I don't want to spend all my time reviewing, but one of the things that we see is that for two years, there was a committed relationship with Jesus. Paul steps back. Demetrius comes in the scene and the Bible says that there was confusion because of this odd voice, but that they begin to view as fact. And so we've been leaning into this thought that if God is going to do above and beyond in our year, which is what we have declared as a church, is that God's going to do above and beyond. We have to make sure that we are anchored and equipped in our relationship with him because just because we might have said yes to Jesus at one age years later, we may not be spiritually mature when the enemy's throwing things at us and in our life. And so take note of that, that longevity doesn't equal spiritual and natural maturity. Last week, we said that there's a warning that when we read this story in Acts chapter 19, the warning was this. Write this down, is that your closeness to Christ will be challenged by a spiritual enemy. Your spiritual enemy, the devil, Satan himself, does not want you to be close to your heavenly father. He doesn't want you to lean into your relationship with Jesus, the one who died and rose again for you. His, he, he doesn't sit back and applaud the fact that you've given your life or you're choosing to walk in the freedom that God has for you. He literally waits for the right moment to begin to cause confusion. And we said that it's important that you and I find ourselves in a place where we can be discipled. We actually said it like this. You need to be discipled. Like your salvation is what here's how we said it. We said your salvation without discipleship from others and your personal passion for Christ can be a setup for surface Christianity. In Acts chapter 19, I'm going to continue to reference Acts chapter 19. They were rooted in Christ. But when Paul stepped back, the confusion of the enemy began to throw them in their walk with God. See, we have to be anchored and rooted in our relationship with Jesus, because if not, we could have just said yes to Jesus, punched our heavenly ticket, and then we just live based on the confusion around us. And that's never God's design. See, the enemy, his design is to poison your natural life so he can poison your spiritual life. If he deals with something in your natural, then spiritually he's going to cause you to drift. See, in Acts chapter 19, Paul had had such a great impact. The, 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 the disciples had had such an impact in Ephesus that the whole city decided that they were going to follow Jesus. It actually says that those that were doing sorcery and, 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 and focusing on idols brought them and burned them. And the value of it was about a million dollars is what it says. It says that they, in the New Living Translation, it says that, that they brought all of them and said, we want nothing to do with it because Jesus is the only one we'll worship. But Demetrius comes in and says, hey, those of you who used to craft the idols and those of you who did all sorts of craftsmanship, your business has been impacted, huh? Ever since you've been serving this Jesus, it looks like your sales are going down. Like he begins to highlight their natural first. And then he, when you read Acts chapter 19, he starts saying like, hey, like, remember when, when you when you used to worship 
Artemis? Like, she was the prominent goddess here. Like, the enemy comes in and he wants to poison your natural. So then your spiritual begins to say, God, what are you trying to do? And you end up in this place of confusion. See, we want to make sure that we don't drink the poison. The Bible literally says that the enemy of your life, my life, is described as a tempter. He's described as an accuser and he's described as the father of lies. And where God's heart is for lost people to be found and found people to be free and free people to be equipped and equip people to be mobilized, the enemy's heart for you and designed for you and your family is he wants lost people to be suspicious, suspicious people to be paranoid, paranoid people to be insecure, and insecure people to be ignorant. Like he wants, he wants us to, to be suspicious about God. He wants us to be paranoid about our future. He wants us to be insecure about our life. And then he wants us to be ignorant into what God really has for us. That's the reason why we just can't say yes to Jesus and not dive 100% into our relationship with Jesus. It's the reason why we can't just go to church and not be the church. Like the church is not the building. You are the church. In fact, the Bible says that the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. It's the reason why the word of God that you have, the Bible that you have is living and inspiring. And it is the word of God that will change your life. And so you and I have to spend time in reading God's word. We have to spend time in worshiping God out of our out of our lips. Like we have to make sure that we anchor and root ourselves in our relationship with Jesus. Because if we don't, we could be living a surface life with Christ. And so we identified that there were six poison pills that the enemy tries to give us. And I'll give them to you again. We highlighted last week. We highlighted this one for our whole service. And here's here's what we said. The first one is a lack of awareness of the enemy. Like the enemy is so cunning that he doesn't even mind the fact that we don't pay attention to him. So many times there's things that he throws in our in our direction and we spend so much time blaming someone else or maybe blaming God. And the enemy never gets the blame. For his deviousness. First, Peter, chapter five, verse eight, and nine says this, it says, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, your enemy, the devil walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour resist him steadfast in the faith is what first Peter says. See, you and I write this down, have to be aware of our enemy. That's the first one. Lack of awareness. Being unaware puts your spirit at risk. You and I have to be aware of the enemy. The fact is, is that you and I have to see the enemy for who he is. Otherwise, a poisoned spiritual life equals a confusion in Christ. That's what happened in Acts chapter 19. People were walking with God in relationship with his son. Demetrius comes in, throws a ball of confusion, impacts their natural life, 
begins to impact their spiritual life. They end up in this amphitheater not knowing why, and they're having confusion in who Christ is. That's not what God designed you or how God designed you or how he created you. So that was the first one. We said that there's a lack of awareness. Here's the other ones. And then we're going to land on one more for today. Write this down. Poison pill number two. Pride. 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 Number three, distraction. Four, divisions. Number five, wrong agreements. And number six, offense. Pride, distraction, divisions, wrong agreements, and offense. All six are poison pills of the enemy. The first one, a lack of an awareness of your enemy, is the main thing that we have to realize. Oh, the enemy's at work. He doesn't want me close in my relationship with God. Then there's pride, which is the arrogance of my own heart or your own heart. Distractions of the things like Adam and Eve were distracted by the fruit on the tree and the enemy's talking in their, in their ear. And they're having this great conversation with him about, oh, OK, well, God said this. No, he didn't. And it wasn't a great conversation, but they thought it was. And so they're going back and forth. But they're so distracted on the tree that they get distracted from what God had really said. And then there's this divisions that happen in your life. Divisions literally means two visions when there should only be one vision. And that's God's vision for your life, for your family, for your home, for his church. There's divisions. And then there's wrong agreements, which Adam and Eve got into an agreement with the enemy and we saw that it separated them from God. Why? Because he will poison your natural, which would then poison your spiritual. But the, the main one that I want to focus on today is <coughs> offense. Recognizing that the enemy is at work in pride, in divisions, in distractions, in wrong agreements, there's this other one that rang out to me this week, and it's offense. Go with me if you have your Bibles to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, verse 1. It says this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come. But woe to him through whom they do come. It would be better for him if a milestone, if a millstone were hung around his neck, and he were thrown into the sea. Then that he should offend one of these little ones. He was talking about children at the time. I'll give you the context. Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. In Luke chapter 17, Jesus has been having this conversation. If you go a little bit further back, he's been having this conversation with the disciples and they've been talking about the kingdom of heaven. And he said, hey, listen, you have to humble yourselves and be like children in order to inherit the kingdom of heaven. He's like, literally, you have to submit yourselves in your heart to just be innocent in the fact that, wow, God is God. He is dad and I'm willing to follow. But Jesus says, listen, I want to make something specifically clear to you is that offenses will come. You cannot avoid them, but be careful to make sure that you don't cause them. Be careful to make sure that you don't allow them to settle into your heart. 
He says, if if it is so, it would be better if you, <laughs> the millstone was just dropped. And you were in the sea, but he said, but be careful. That it doesn't become a part of you. See, the enemy is so cunning that if we're not aware of his devices and his schemes, the trap of an offense can hold us down. See, if we go back to Acts chapter 19, everyone shows up in this amphitheater based on the offense of one person. Demetrius was offended because Jesus' name was being glorified. He was offended because his pride got in the way. Jesus was rising and he felt like Jesus um, was impacting his natural life. And so he got his offense, brought it to a few people, and then the town ends up in this amphitheater listening to everyone's offense. And some people don't even know why they're there and why they are offended. Jesus says offense will come, but be careful how you respond. Let's dive in a little bit deeper because I was looking up the word offense and I wrote this down. I want you to write this down. Offense is certain to happen. Be aware of the enemy's trap. I looked up the word offend in scripture. And throughout scripture, it had various meanings. But there was like this consistent sort of rhythm in it. Here's what it means. Watch this. To offend or offense is to put a stumbling block or impediment in the way upon which another may trip and fall. To entice to sin, to cause to fall away, to cause a person to begin to, watch this now, distrust or desert one whom he sought to trust and obey. To cause one to judge unfavorably or unjustly of another. To cause one displeasure at a thing, to make one indignant. The enemy... Now, since we are positioning ourselves to be aware of his devices and his schemes, we'll set a trap through a fence by which he can pull you from just being frustrated or disappointed or, or, or mad to where he entraps you in sin, to where the trust that you normally had in a person is now one of distrust, the trust that you once had in God is now a distrust. The one that you would normally give honor to and obey, you now disobey. The one that you would once you would lean on, you now move away from. The one that you would normally respond in kind to, now you respond with anger and, and you're indignant towards. Like the subtleties, Jesus says, hey, be careful because the trappings will be thrown in front of you to try to trip you. The trappings will be thrown in front of you to try to distrust me and fall out of love with me. Be careful because one will try to throw it down so that you can become indignant toward me. Be careful because there'll be a trap of the enemy so that you don't feel pleased or that you'll feel like I'm not pleased with you. Be careful because offenses will be thrown at you. But then he says, be careful that you're not throwing the offense. 
See, in Acts chapter 19, Demetrius was offended. And so what he decided to do was like, hey, don't you dare trust that Jesus because it's Jesus who's impacting your industry. It's Jesus who took the goddess away. Be careful. First Peter, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks around seeking whom he may devour. See, last week we said don't drink the poison because the first poison pill is that if we're not careful, we won't be aware of the enemy. We said it like this. We said that sometimes we just aren't aware. Sometimes we don't care to be aware. And sometimes we just move through life so fast that we don't slow down to be aware that there's an enemy that's throwing these things. Sometimes the response from the person is just the whisper of the enemy in their ear towards you. Jesus said, be careful, write this down. In every offense, there's two stages. Stage number one, there's the feeling of offense. That feeling of, I've fallen. Like the feeling of, I'm indignant. The feeling of, I'm displeased. The feeling of, I don't trust you no more. I'm not going to obey you no more. The feeling of, I don't approve of this. The feeling of, you're trying, yeah, I'm being pulled into this sin. I'm being pulled into this moment. Like there's the feeling of that. Jesus says they will come. This is when the enemy presents us with an opportunity to be offended. It's the feeling of offense. We all have been there. We all have those moments of like, how dare they? We all have those moments where we might have that initial response to, to God the Father of why? See, we, we, the, the, Jesus says, be careful because the enemy's gonna try to throw things in front of you. Be careful not to throw things in front of other people because the enemy's throwing something in front of you. I wrote this down. You can write this down. Just because you and I might have a right or the right to be offended doesn't mean we should. Jesus says, hey, listen, don't be offended. Jesus called you and I to be free. And to serve each other humbly, he says, listen, if someone does something to you, go to them right away and say, hey, I just want you to know that this was wrong. OK. Or if you go to if you do something, to someone go to them. I'm so sorry. He says, and if it happens seven times in a day for seven days, forgive them every time they come back. But you forgive. Like Jesus wants to make sure that we're constantly living in a place of freedom, constantly living in a place with with him, constantly making sure that we don't end up in a place of confusion. When we're trying to grow with him. And if we're going to be seeing God do above and beyond. If we're going to be anchored and rooted like we've talked about in our last series. We have to make sure that we identify the trappings of the enemy, the little poisons that he tries to set in. Sometimes we blame people, we blame the job, we blame this, we blame that. It's the devil. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 11, verse 6 says, blessed is the one who is not offended, Jesus said. So stage one, 
is the feeling of offense. Stage two is the choice to live or not live offended. So the feeling of offense, Jesus said, hey, it's going to come. I want you to know that the offense is going to come. No matter where you may be right now, maybe there's a place of hurt. Maybe you caused the hurt. Jesus said those things might happen. And so what my assignment is this morning, City Place, is to get us to a place to where we go, no, Jesus freed me of that. I don't have to live here. Wait a second. I've been dealing with this for this long time. That's the devil. That's the enemy. I got some emails and some text messages this week where some people were saying this message spoke to me. I was crying the whole message. I stepped out and I realized that that was the enemy. I talked to one person after our in-person service and they said that we were praying because we had a prayer time during our service. And they said that the same thing that they were talking about was the recognition of I've been holding on to this for so long. And that was the enemy. I thought it was this person. I thought it was that. That was the enemy. See, so many times the situation, the pain, whatever it may be, has a name on it. And behind it, so many times the enemy stay there, stay frustrated with them. They did this to you. That situation, that job, that environment, this bit of culture, whatever it may be. And it's the enemy. My prayer is that as we head throughout this series is that you begin to walk in full freedom because here's what we're realizing is that it's one thing to declare Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 which is our vision verse for the year that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask hope think or imagine according to the power that works in us like we have to make sure that there is nothing that's going to hold us back from believing that God is who he said he is. We said this, that the reason why City Place exists is we exist to be a life-giving church, a breath of fresh air that builds dreams. We want to unlock the prophetic voice of God in your life. We want to ignite faith. We want you to walk in freedom because unless you walk in freedom, you can't experience the true faith that it takes to trust God a hundred percent unashamed. So we want to make sure that there is nothing holding you back. No emotion, no pain, no hurt, no fear, no condemnation. Nothing holds you back from your being able to say, this is the year that God will blow my mind and I will be all that God's called me to be. We establish leaders. Why? Because the vision of God for this movement in the kingdom of God, for Jesus to be held in high honor. You and I have to be able to share what Jesus has done. And then we want to see people lost for the kingdom of God. I mean, we want to see lost people found for the kingdom of God. And so my assignment is to make sure that there is nothing broken and nothing missing in your life. And pain and hurt from years past. It's time to be healed. And maybe you're like, well, Damon, that's not me. Well, if the enemy rises up this week on your job, in your community, in your home, you go, that's the enemy. I refuse to be offended. I refuse to let the trap cause me to distrust God, distrust my spouse, distrust my family member, distrust, whatever it may be. No, I'm not going to be indignant. I'm not going to be displeased with God. No, God, you've been faithful. God, you've been good and you will remain. Even though I'm waiting for the promise to be fulfilled, God, you've never let me down. I'm not going to allow the enemy to make me feel like you won't do it for me and me be mad at you. No, it's not going to happen. Stage two is a choice to live or not live offended. Write this down. To live offended is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. It's us holding on to something. 
and never letting go. And hoping that they can feel our pain. That's the trap of the enemy. Hebrews 12, 15 says, watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you. Corrupting many. If we choose to live offended, if we choose to to allow the trap of the enemy to settle in, if we choose to be displeased with God, if we choose to not trust again, if we choose to not obey what God may be asking, if we choose to just be angry and not let God heal, if we choose to just say, I'm, I'm going to be distant, God, I'm, I'm good right where I am. If we choose to not forgive that spouse, if we choose to not to get, forgive that family member, if we choose not to forgive ourselves, then the enemy goes, I got them. They're living a life offended. Hebrews says, don't let a poisonous root of bitterness settle in because it'll impact you, but then it'll spill over to somebody else. Jesus says, whoa, you're going to be thrown opportunities to be offended. But don't take them, because if you take them, you might turn and begin to impact and offend others. I don't know about you, but there have been times when I've been I've walked in an offense and my offense never seems to stay with me. It, 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 it might spill over to my spouse. It might spill over to a close friend. And the next thing you know, they're offended for me for something or the situation that I told them about that they're not even involved in. That's what happened in Acts chapter 19. Demetrius was offended that his business was impacted while everybody else was loving Jesus. But he decided that he would tell a few and then a few became many and then a many became the community. See, we have to be careful because an offense is like drinking poison and you're wanting someone else to feel the pain. The number one reason people live offended is unfilled expectations. The number one reason people live offended is unfulfilled expectations. That's whether they are unspoken, unmet, or unrealistic. And so many times, Jesus can step in and meet those expectations. But like I said, longevity doesn't equate to spiritual and natural maturity. See, when we get busy and we're spending less time with the Father, the enemy begins to speak loud and the things around us become highlighted and begins to throw in our mind confusion. Remember I said that if he poisons our life, it equates to confusion in Christ. When we become aware of who he is, we realize that he's behind the issues of pride. He's behind distraction and he's behind divisions and he's behind the relationships that sometimes we lean on and we don't lean on God first. He tries to capitalize on offenses. And most of the time it has to do with unfulfilled expectation. I don't know about you, there have been a number of times in my life when I've been disappointed by people, by situations, by God the Father. 
And really, it's because I had an expectation of how I thought God was going to do it. He never told me he was going to do it that way. My friend or my spouse never said that they were going to do anything like that. But for some reason in my heart, I felt like it should be done the way I wanted it done or they should respond the way I wanted to respond. And frustration set in or offense set in. And really, it was unmet, unfulfilled. Write this down. We see this in Acts chapter 19 with Demetrius. Hurt people hurt people. If you and I walk in offense and we don't allow Jesus to heal that and we don't mark, wait up, that's the enemy. Absolutely not. If we're not sober and vigilant like first Peter says, and if we don't resist them, I'm not going to be offended with their response. I'm not going to do it. No, I'm not taking on that. Absolutely not. I'm not taking on that. No, I'm not going to fall into that trap. Then what happens is it settles in us and then we begin to hurt people. Write this down. Hurt people help people stay hurt. So many times if I grab hold of your offense and your frustration. I can continue to speak life to that hurt. Without pulling you out and saying, let's go back to Jesus. Let's go back to what he has to say about it. Here's the second stage or the second part of the choice to live or not live offended. We said that to live offended is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. The choice to not live offended, and this is where we're going to wrap up. The choice to not live offended is a choice for your soul to be healthy, a peaceful mind and a blessed life. There is a choice. Remember I said earlier, like you might have a right to be offended, but you don't have to choose to be. Psalms 119, 165 says, listen to this. Great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend thee. The writer of Psalms 119 literally says that those who love thy law. We, we, we said this, that we shall love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. When we were talking about discipleship, we literally said that you and I have to be discipled. We said that earlier. And discipleship was a lifelong commitment to being a fully devoted follower of Christ. And what does a fully devoted follower of Christ mean? When Jesus asked, you shall love the Lord with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul, all of your strength. The author of Psalm said literally, great peace have those who love thy law with everything you got and nothing shall offend thee. If, if you're spending your time growing your relationship with God, when the enemy throws the trap ha, and he starts reminding you of your past, Reminding you of your mistakes, reminding you of how you hurt someone else, reminded you of how someone hurt you, remind you of the situations and the things that could frustrate you. Because you're in God's word, you go. I see it. I'm frustrated about it. It bothers me. But I'm not falling for the enemy's trap because I'm fully aware. Of the poison that he tries to bring. See. If we stay in our relationship with God and if we stay in a position where we are being discipled in our relationship with God and we have a passion for Christ. 
then we're not going to have surface Christianity, which could cause us to be in a place of confusion. And where we go, it's you or it's God. When it's like, no, that's the devil. Mm -mm. I am too aware of the fact that he wants to poison my natural situation because it could poison my spiritual life. And I'm not going to let it happen. Proverbs 19:11 says the discretion of a man makes him slow to anger and his glory is to overlook a transgression. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 4 says if a ruler's anger rises against you do not leave your post. Calmness can lay great offenses to rest. Here's what I realize is that healthy people help hurt people heal. Healthy people help hurt people heal. If you and I can lean back and realize that Jesus wants to be close to us every single day, if you and I can realize that we our sons and daughters of God the Father. If you and I lean into God's word every single day, if we worship him every single day, if we say, God, I'm going to give you everything I got. If we say, God, I realize that there's an adversary that doesn't like you and he doesn't like me and he wants to separate me from you by cre creating a high level of pride and he's trying to create me to be, <clears throat> and he's trying to create environments where I'm distracted from your presence or distracted from your purpose and your instruction. And he's trying to create divisions in my life and trying to have me in wrong agreements that, that are contrary to what you, you say, then God, I also realize that he's gonna try to set a trap by which I won't trust you no more. I won't obey you anymore. Well, I won't trust the person that I enjoy being around, that I won't be pleased with my life, that I won't be pleased with my environment. No, 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 no. I, I might have the feeling of offense, but I'm not going to accept it. I'm going to choose to live a life unoffended because your word promises that great peace have those who love thy law and nothing will offend me. My prayer today is that the places of your life, the places of your heart, the places where you may have been sitting or the places where you may walk and the enemy may have a trap, is that from these moments, we realize that the enemy's been after you all along. But God has been with you the whole time. And right where you are, I just wanna pray with you. I want to pray for two groups of people. I felt like, and I was trying to ask the Holy Spirit, how do we do this online? Because I can't see you. But I feel like that if you just lean in for a moment, I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to deal with some of the issues of your heart that you haven't been able to let go of. I can almost hear some of you saying, but Damien, you don't understand what that person did to me. For some of you, I feel like it's either uh, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse, pain, from a divorce, children. I don't know what it is. It's, it's, a, it's a, a dramatic loss, uh, something financial. I don't really know, but it's caused your heart to be either displeased with God, displeased with someone else, or maybe you were the one 
who's been talking about it over and over again and now others have been impacted. I feel like God wants to heal that today. The second group of people are those that don't know Jesus yet. You're here today and I want you to know that Jesus is madly in love with you. I wanna pray that you'll come into a relationship with Jesus because there will be moments in your life where Jesus will be the best response that you can give. Jesus is the very best thing that will ever happen to you. Right now, right where you are, for those of you who say, Damon, I've been dealing with something or I haven't been able to let go because I was the one that offended someone or I was the one that, that, that received some form of a hurt. I want you to let that go today. I want you to get that person in your mind and I want you to realize that the enemy has been trying to keep you trapped and I want you to just release them, release the company, the job, whatever it may be, the situation, release them this morning because there's an enemy who's been trying to lay a trap for you. Maybe you've been frustrated with God, I don't know. Disappointed, wherever you may be. Today, I just want you to go, God, it, the enemy's been making me feel like it was you. God, you never left me. I want you to open your hearts today for him to heal. Let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you. Right now in this moment, Jesus, only you can do what you do. I pray for those that have been dealing with an issue for years, some for decades. Father, whether it's the pain that they couldn't forgive themselves for the way they responded, others have been talking about a situation or gossiping about someone else, God. And God, others have been uh, dealing with issues that we don't even know because the enemy set a trap and he's made it almost as if it was a billboard of their life. Others, Lord Jesus, have been pointing to you and you've been the source of their problem when you haven't been. Today, Father, I just ask that you will come in and you'll bring the spirit of truth of how much you've loved us, of how much you've cared for them, of how they are a son and a daughter and how you have forgiven them of every wrong and how they have the ability to be healed and forgive someone else. So Jesus, in this moment, I just pray that you do the work. Longevity doesn't equal spiritual and natural maturity. Jesus, in this moment, I just pray that you're maturing us to be mature enough to say, Jesus, you can handle everything. Devil, we put you on alert today to let you know that you are being resisted. We just declare the name of Jesus. The Bible says to resist you and you will flee. The Bible says that at the name of Jesus, everything in heaven and earth has to bow. So we release the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for 100% healing and wholeness in hearts today. There will be no offense. There is freedom for the very first time for some and an awareness of the enemy's tactics for many. In Jesus' name. And for those of you who say, Damon, I want to meet Jesus for the very first time. This is your day. Come on, repeat this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, today I come to you in need of you. I acknowledge that you died for me and you rose again. I give you my life. I give you all of me. Change me. Lead me. Guide me.
I am yours and you are mine. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, City Place, can you give Jesus some praise today? Come on, right where you are, can you give Jesus some praise today? Well done, City Place. Well done on the decision you made to follow Jesus. And well done on saying whatever it is that you've been holding on to, you're letting it go. You're letting it go. Let me give you just a couple of quick next steps. For those of you who said yes to Jesus for the very first time, or those of you who uh, gave, rededicated your life to Jesus, baptism is your next step. And we would love to celebrate that with you. Do me a favor, fill out a virtual connect card. I meant to mention it at the beginning of, of our message today, but fill out a virtual connect card. You can either um, do it online or you can text the word city place to 94000. We would love to celebrate baptism with you. Baptism is literally an outward expression of what Jesus did on the inside of you. Do, do you know that Jesus himself was baptized? And so it's literally just saying, Father, I give you my life completely and I want everyone to know. And so uh, fill that out. We will reach out to you this week and tell you what baptism is in more detail, but that's the next step for you. And for those of you who are like, man, I refuse to walk in an offense again. I wanna encourage everyone listening to be a part of a city group. Remember, our salvation, our salvation requires us being discipled and having a passion for Christ. And we want you to be a part of our city groups. And so there's information there, but well done for the decision that you made today. Well done. Well, we're getting ready to, we're gonna transition into a time of giving. Uh, we believe that God has called our church as one of our core values to live, to give. And so through the generosity of our church and your faithfulness and bringing your tithe as an act of worship, God not only allows us to impact our city and the world, but literally our opportunity to be able to hang out today, the function of City Place Church happens because of the partnership um, that we all um, choose to partake in together. And so well done um, on your, your decision to follow Jesus earlier, but also your being faithful to the Lord. I'm going to pray and uh, I can't wait to see you again next Sunday. It's going to be a good Sunday. We're heading into Easter. Uh, mark your calendars, April the 17th. We're gonna have two services. We wanna encourage you to worship a service and serve um, one service. It's gonna be a very life-giving Sunday. And so let's just pray. Father, we love you today. We thank you for lives being changed. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for allowing us to mature um, on Sundays, to allow us to mature throughout the week. Thank you that as a church, God, we could just pause to realize that as you're calling our church, to believe and expect to see above and beyond in this year, that there are some things that the enemy would try to do to block that. So Holy Spirit, we thank you that you've made us aware of the tactics of the enemy and some of his poisons, but also Lord Jesus, how you want to fix our heart to, to not grab any of his trappings, but to literally just rest in you. So Father, I just thank you that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think, according to the power that at City Place Church we are allowing to be at work in us, according to your word in Ephesians chapter three, verse 20. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Have a great week, City Place. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to subscribe. And you can share with your friends. 
Take a screenshot, post on your social media stories, and tag us at City Place Church. <laughs>